Welcome to the Elevate the Edge podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez of Lopez Research, and I'm joined with my co-host, Joe Peterson of Clarify 360. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Elevate the Edge is published bi-weekly. The podcast focuses on helping companies understand what edge computing is, how the market will evolve, and what you need to know to build successful edge computing strategies. Show notes and subscription links can be found at elevatetheedge.com slash episodes. We hope you'll enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Maribel Lopez, founder of Lopez Research, and I'm joined here with my fabulous co-host, Joe Peterson from Clarify360. Hey, Joe. Hey, Maribel. And this is Elevate the Edge, and we are so excited for me right now, and it is Sarpjeet Jahal, and he is the founder and chief analyst at StackPain. Sarpjeet, how are you? Good, Manuel. How are you doing? I'm very excited to be here today and talking about one of my favorite topics, which is the edge. We thought we might talk a little bit today about the edge to cloud architecture and some of what we're seeing businesses achieve with it. So Sarjeet has an extensive background in cloud architecture, pre-sales, data center, cloud migrations, all the things that would be really interesting when you think about how we're looking at this edge to cloud background. So he's directed cloud center of excellent programs at Rackspace and Oracle, uh, sought after analyst. We see him all over the place all the time talking about all sorts of cool things. So I'm just going to jump into it and ask you the first question. And that's a little bit around predictions and some of the things that we're hearing. Um, you know, Gartner, one of the big analyst firms in the industry, predicts that 40% of enterprise storage will be deployed at the edge by 2025, compared to, say, only 15% today. And maybe we could start with a maybe a little dialogue around if you agree with this, and regardless of if it's you know 10, 20, 40, 50, some of your thoughts on how this redistribution of storage might affect what companies do with their overall cloud architecture. Just a small question. <laughs> I know it's 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 loaded actually, and and thanks for the introduction, that very flattering introduction. And I, before I start, I want to say hi to my good friend Joe. Hi Joe, how are you doing? Nice glasses. Very. You like my glasses too. I like yours too. So we're even. God, yeah, yeah. you guys are like the cool glasses fan club, though, right? Because like Joe always <laughs> has cool glasses, and it's just I gotta up my glasses game. But sorry for the digression. Back to you, no Sergi. worries, no worries. Yeah, I learned that from Joe. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it's it's a loaded question. Uh, regardless what that number is, usually when I see those kind of numbers from Gartner or Forrester or you know IDC. I usually say if its number is shown as 40%, I usually say, no, no, it's 39.9%. Just to make my point that we cannot really guess these numbers properly, right? So it's just a wild guess. Um, I think they have a term for that, like a, um, intellectual study guess or something. Did they have a term for that? They Swag. <laughs> yeah silly wild ass guess basically <laughs> yes it is yeah and i think these numbers are they need to be seen as a like more like a trend prediction wise like where we are going versus like absolute numbers right so yeah there will be more storage at the edge as we are producing more and more data at the edge because 
why are we producing more data at the edge? Because we have more devices at the edge. And why we have more devices at the edge? Because we have more sensors. It's always, I, I usually say this, that it's always a convergence of technologies. It's never one thing which causes another industry to spur or you know take off. It's convergence of better compute, better networks, better storage, miniaturization of hardware. Um, by the way, miniaturization of hardware and software is happening at the same time. You know, I usually say that with microservices on the software side and and making the, the chips smaller and the form factor smaller. It's happening all the time. So, yeah, we will have more data produced at the edge and also consumed at the edge. And some data will never leave that edge. Um, it will be used as input and as output. We will process it there and... The output will be there as well, and we'll just discard it there. Um, yeah. I know some people discuss whether or not they view edge and cloud as complementary technologies or competitive technologies. And I'm just wondering, do you think that the numbers we're seeing for cloud growth are actually cannibalizing existing cloud footprints? Or is there net new growth that's going to the cloud instead of the edge? Or how are you thinking about growth in both the edge and in the cloud? Definitely, these are complementary. These are not competing technologies. Um, what is the sort of breakdown of these? Like what percentage, percentage of the spend, total spend will go to edge versus cloud? Actually, that's that has to be seen. Um, the... It's not edge is not taking the share from the cloud. I don't see it that way. Actually, it's it it will give it will help cloud even grow faster. That's what I believe. Cell phones are not very old technology, like the smartphones. Not cell phones. Smartphones are you know just you know about fifteen years now. I think or twelve to fifteen years um, since the iPhone came. We have we have started to produce a lot more data. As individuals, by the way, I'm a big fan of defining the terms before we talk about those, <laughs> with which we can actually, as we go on, what is actually edge? The, there's an industrial edge, there's consumer edge, and if you put these two things side by side, there's a work edge. You know, work at work, we have our laptops and all these sensors and weather sensors and in, in the buildings, whatnot, and there's um, under consumer edge, there's a lot of, you know, um, entertainment edge, if you will, like a lot of gaming consoles and whatnot, right? And transportation edge will be another big category in it, in itself, I believe. The mobility edge, you can call it, right? Um, and the, of course, there's industrial edge, you know, industrial uh, IIoT, what we refer to that as, right? So going back to your question, and by the way, what was your question again? <laughs> I I will do this a couple of times during this. <laughs> no, we were basically talking about whether or not we see there's growth at both the cloud and yeah. at the edge. Yeah, definitely. So why I went to the cell uh, the the smartphone sort of um, reference there was there was a study done like for every two thousand phones I might be wrong there are thousand phones you need a server to support it right so. Because we are producing all that data, it needs to. We need to route that those calls. We, the, the, we need networks. We need um, central storage to 
to send that data to somewhere else unless that data has to sit there. Can you imagine just talking to yourself on your on your smartphone? I don't. <laughs> so it has to go somewhere, right? And it has to go through these these um, roadways, the di- digital roadways, and there are places where that data sits. And if not the data, actually, at least the metadata, a lot of metadata will be produced, and we need to store that somewhere for compliance reasons, for um, like... A, you know, uh, authorities like the, the laws and regulations, like what we need to capture and when we need to capture these things. Um, and of course, to make um, financial gains from it, all these companies are gathering all this data all the time, right? So, yeah, in a nutshell, yeah, it's uh, complementary and it will help cloud even more. Sarge, I don't know why my mind drifted back to the Bez server. Remember the Bez server? Oh, my God. Blackberry Bez? Right? (laughs) I remember my mind drifted back to that. Okay, let me first say I love my rollerball on my Blackberry. I loved it. I absolutely love the fact that I could scroll. Yes, yes, I'm saying it. Um, So I loved what you said. Let's talk about terms. Let's define terms. And there's a new one. We, we are never short of terms in IT and new ones, right? So we're hearing this new term, distributed cloud. And it's supposed to be an architecture where multiple clouds are used to meet compliance needs, performance needs, or support edge computing, sort of what you were talking about before. Maybe I think you were going to verticalization, and, and maybe it's sort of in that same pain. Are you hearing about distributed cloud as well? Yes, actually, we started calling it a distributed cloud, but I mean, if you think deeply about it, it always has been distributed cloud, right? Um, um, Even the AWS itself, just one cloud provider, they have so many regions and, you know, uh, availability zones. And um, now they're, as of last three, four years of, three to four years, they have regional data centers to serve the edge sort of workloads, right? Um, I actually took a lot of notes. I thought our meeting was at 10, but it was at 11. So I got some time to prep for this talk. <laughs> I don't know, the people who are listening, they can't see this in camera. Look at this, like all these notes I took to talk to you guys. Okay, the, so you were a good student in school. That's I'm, what I'm seeing. That's yeah, exactly I'm a student of technology, good. actually. I usually say that. I'm a student of technology and I take a lot of notes and and, and I listen to you folks and Joe Yu and Marable and many other analysts out there and thought leaders and practitioners, you know. So so I try to synthesize all that. I, sometimes I feel like a DJ, you know, mixing things, things up and coming up with new tunes and all that. New terms as well. So that the talking about the terms, um, yeah, the the distributed edge is, I think it's descriptive enough term that it makes sense. I have said this many times in the last four or five years that 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 edge will behave a lot like cloud did. You know, the edge, the model, the, the consumption models at the edge, um, the pricing, pricing models will be mimicking the cloud as well at the edge. And I actually call Edge itself the distributed cloud. Um, it, it's just a smaller, tiny pieces of cloud, if you will. Um, 
and literally actually even in, in real life these these clouds are not they are of different sizes and they're floating around you know like some are big some are small some make rain some down <laughs> talking about money you know so um yeah it, i i see distributed cloud and edge being very the lines being blurred at some point and talking about terms like when we talk about the edge just like cloud means different thing to different people the definition changes contextually it's it's good thing this is what one of my number one advice to sales people please in pre I've done a lot of work in pre sales uh, is that in even in pre sales to the pre sales people is qualify what the other party on the other side of the table means by when they say something like cloud or or edge what do they mean by that because if they mean different things than what you have been thinking all along and then after an hour of discussion you guys are like not talking about the same terms and they they walk away um kind of confused and you are also like why didn't it call us right so i think the the term edge there's a if you if you double click on that is edge device there's a sensor there's edge edge device there's edge application on that device right and there's edge compute and that edge compute can be sitting on the edge device or it can be sitting far away from it it can be wired connection to that compute if you're sitting in a car or something most probably compute is wired somehow that there's a compute part there and then it can be over the air right so it can be uh wan related um uh, sort of a connection if you will and i have been i have i've spoken to the apma folks so there's a canadian consortium for auto industry they talk about v2x vehicle to all other things car wait from the car to the road to the light poles and all other sensors and the the you know traffic lights versus the 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 light lights you know <laughs> which are used at night um and the roads and edge of the road if you will literally um and getting all the information when that car moves on the road and also inferring the people being there the dogs and cats and other things trees around you so all that stuff actually um yeah, needs compute and that that compute where does it sit matters a lot how reliable that is are we always connected uh, if you go into the more sort of tech side of things there there are considerations we have to take into account can we operate these edge devices when there's no internet connection they when they are not connected to the to the back back to the central repository on that note in my this is my very sort of firm understanding actually when i say firm i, I, I believe like very deeply in this that i i say that the control plane of these devices will sit in the cloud so we will send what these devices will do and we will manage these devices from the cloud from central places we will push the code or the bits or whatever we call that to control these devices from the central places and then these these devices in the field 
will get a very consistent sort of application, if you will, distributed to these these devices. Otherwise, it, it's a nightmare to manage these billions of devices um, and hund- maybe hundreds of billions of sensors, right? So, so the control plane will sit in the cloud. If, if, uh, I know I'm going all over the place here in, in my talk. What I'm trying to say is that that yes, there's a lot of data locally there, but a lot of control is in in central place, and a lot of metadata will set sit in the central place, and also the the it's not. By the way, <laughs> another thing I usually say is like. Broad strokes don't serve anybody, like when you're painting, you know. So in, in, in our talks, like we have to qualify these statements. When we make a statement, make sure we qualify it with some examples and and stuff like that. On that note, I think the use cases will differ. The architecture will differ by industry for sure. If you're healthcare, you're used, you need it's, it's a matter of life and death. If somebody's playing, you know, GTA, uh, that's Grand Theft Auto or something like that game, you know, that's the only one I know, I guess. Um, and if that game doesn't function for a few seconds, it's not an end of the world. Nobody's dying, right? But if there's a sensor, the pacemaker is connected to the internet somehow, and then pacemaker doesn't work and somebody can die, right? So there are different use cases that, uh, and different architectural that means different architectural considerations for making a device work locally independent of the network um, and some devices will be connected all the time some devices will not, will be connecting once a day some devices will connect uh, five times a day I just did the experimentation before this talk the CD works um, flawlessly if there's no network i just say i put myself in the airplane mode and i i was able to talk to it and it's typing flawlessly you know so earlier cd was not working like that it will send your voice to the cloud and um, so a lot of inference will start happening at the edge i will stop there i can talk no, that's thank you for the insight. I appreciate it. I know that you, and I'm jealous, I know that you recently attended KubeCon and there was like a great turnout and lots of buzz, like hugely increased in t- attendance at that conference. And there's an emerging architecture called CubeEdge. You're probably familiar with it. And the CubeEdge architecture consists of Cloud Edge and the device layer. And to your point earlier, the control plane is in the cloud and the edge nodes are at the edge. So in your opinion, what are some of the advantages of this architecture for edge deployments? I, I, I believe, okay. I believe the, the advantages of this architecture or this, they have put a bunch of technologies under that name, you know, cube edge. It's Kubernetes at the edge actually, basically, right? So the, the benefits of Kubernetes is, is consistency. Right. Um, uh, in the absence of having any standards, the this is the bat- pattern I've seen. In the absence of having any standards, open source ends up becoming a standard. And in this case, that happened. Um, luckily, we got lucky actually that this time we got a very mature product, op- mature open source project, which came out of Google. 
um, it was time-tested technology. It was Google's Borg, what they call it, inside, which you know spits out billions of containers every week and then shrinks and expands based on the regional needs of when they do crawling of the web and they do indexing of the you know searched keywords and all that stuff what we use Google for, right? More than 2 billion people use that stuff, right? So it, it was so mature that we just got it as is almost. And it was genetic. It's a genericized version of that, actually, by the way. It's not Borg itself. It's a, it's a subset of that. So, and there are very miniaturization versions of that, actually. I, I, that's what I looked. That's what I experienced at um, KubeCon. I'm glad I went there. There's so much innovation going in, op- in open source. Um, it's mind-boggling, by the way. It's uh, it. Okay. Another thing I will throw in there in my talk is like I have said that long ago, many times that technology is like medicine, and every pill has a side effect, and there are side effects of us cooking up too much open source as well. That's a security threat, and the the containers are contaminated. Most of them have very lot of security vulnerabilities. There's a lot to chew on in the, in the open source side, but I, I won't go into the tangent here. Yes, to, to answer coming back to your question, it's, it's a great way to make sure that we are not reinventing the wheel. We are industrializing the compute at the edge, if you will. And once you go to the industrialization, it's hard to go back. It's hard to make our own, you know, shoes at home these days, or uh, or our own cars at home and our own, you know, power generators. We don't want those. We it, once you industrialize something, it's hard to go back. And for that reason, I believe that I'm a very big sort of pro cloud person. You must have seen me talking about like having debates with people who think, oh yeah, the repatriation is happening and all that. And no, 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 we can't go back. We never go back, actually, almost never. Uh, Always move forward. So something you said actually made me want to jump in for a quick question. And that's around, you know, we were just talking about uh, security and workloads and all those things. And I'm wondering if in your mind, a build once, run anywhere mindset won't work for all workloads. It sounds like we were just talking about some differences in latency, some differences in reliability and other things. So what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, build once, run anywhere. In other words, we're talking about portability, right? So it it's a, it's a dream goal of ours, right? And I usually say that before before portability, interoperability is the more uh, realistic goal, um, more practical. So, yeah, there are some things which build once, run anywhere. There are in, in certain use cases, that's true. But in most cases, you know, that that that's just a pipe dream most of the time, I believe. So even our simple, um, from our core computing sort of habits, like even normal editor we have on Windows, we have different editors, you know, Notepad and whatnot, you know, the, the 500 different types on third parties and and on, on Linux, Wim and 
you know, other people are very religi religious, but the editors itself, you know, to write code in and to write some text in, you know. So, yeah, it's the the heterogeneity, heterogeneity? No, okay, you got my point. Like, so, so the polyglottism and the heterogeneous nature of technology will exist forever, I believe, when I say forever, for a long time to come in in ours as an industry where standards are hard to find. And uh, as I said earlier, in the absence of standards, open source ends up becoming standard in some parts of the whole big computing industry. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you for your insight. It's always valuable, Sarjeet. I'm going to, we always end the podcast with a fun fact. Um, so it could be non-technical, it usually is. Um, and I wondered if you could share your fun fact. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's fresh off the, and fresh off the press almost, like, you know, in last but week or so, we know that FTX exploded, right? FTX went bankrupt. It's a crypto exchange, right? Yeah. Um, by the way, I, 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 in a funny, on the funny note, I say, uh, you know what FDX stand for? So F that experience. <laughs> you oh, access for I experience. I know that. Oh my gosh. Okay. No, actually, this is my funny observation, uh, sort of abbreviation explanation, if you will. But none of the fun fact is this, that the CEO or the founder of that exchange, his name is Bankman Fried. So it's, it's a very funny name, I think, because he fried so many bank men. Oh, <laughs> so my. Oh, bank. my. Look at you making, look at you doing a pun joke um, <laughs> or a dad joke. Either way, right? Dad, um, dad joke. Kind of thing. Bank man fried is his um, first and last name. Bank man, first name and last name fried. And I just tweeted, actually. He lived up to his name. He fried few people from the banks. Oh, my. Well, there we go. There's our fun fact. Well, Sarjeet, it was lovely having you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for your insight. Really appreciate it. And we'll see everyone next time. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Maribel. Appreciate it. Keep doing the great work. I hope to see you at uh, reInvent soon. We are going to see it reInvent. All right. See you soon. All right. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe so you can easily find us again. Follow us on Twitter at Maribel Lopez and at Digital Cloud Gal and on LinkedIn. Links to our social profiles, show notes, and ways to listen to the podcast can be found at elevatetheedge.com. Hey.